0: If you were preparing to make a trip to go someplace where you hadn't been before and you didn't know the way, what would you do? Well, I know what we used to do, of course, we used to get out a paper map, you know, and a lot of times in the glove box of your car you'd have maps for various states that you might frequent and you'd break out that map and unfold it and try to figure out the route. And then, of course, the great challenge of that all was folding it back the way it was, so you could put it away. You know, there were there was always complaints about refolding those paper maps, or you might even have bought an atlas. You know, a a big atlas with maps of all the states in it, and you'd follow that atlas. I I suppose that the people who printed those maps are pretty much out of business these days, because we don't do that anymore, do we? If you want to find the way to where you want to be, what you do now is you get on your smartphone, right? And you open Google Maps or one of the other map apps and, and, you just, and you tell it where you want to go and then it does the route for you. You don't even have to figure it out yourself. It'll plot the route for you and even give you some alternatives to follow. And so that's what we do when we want to go someplace, find the way. Physical destination, and that works fine for physical destinations. But what about spiritual destinations? And so this morning, we want to talk about the route or the way and ask the question, which way will we go, spiritually speaking? Which way? We stop here just briefly to thank everybody for being present on this beautiful Lord's Day in Middle Tennessee. We are glad that you are here and appreciate your participation in what we're doing by way of worshiping God and studying from his word. We want him to be honored and glorified by our activity today for sure. Uh, But we also wanna be edified and encouraged as well in our coming together. And we hope those objectives will be achieved. Thanks for being here to be a part of it. We've got a number of visitors with us today. We're so glad that you have come, especially grateful that you've come because a whole lot of our folks are gone away on vacation. And so uh, we're glad we have visitors fill in some of those spots that are vacated by our vacationers who are off this week. Thanks for being here today. We want to look to the book of Proverbs. And all of our verses this morning are going to come out of the book of Proverbs. Because the book of Proverbs describes a number of different ways that we might choose to go. Many of the ways that we'll be noticing in the book of Proverbs are ways that should be avoided. You know, if you get your phone app going and you're on a route to somewhere, it might warn you, don't don't go that way because there's road construction or don't go that way because there's a big accident that's got the road closed down. And so when you're plotting a physical course, there's some things to avoid. The book of Proverbs tells us some things to avoid on the route Spiritually speaking, Uh, for instance, the book of Proverbs warns us about the way of the fool In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15, it says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Sadly, we know that it's hard to tell some folks much of anything. Because they already have their mind made up about almost everything. I heard a guy described once, and I've never forgotten this description, said he he knows all the answers. He's just waiting for the questions. Well, that pretty much describes a person who sort of has that know-it-all disposition. Do you want to be known as a fool? Do you want to go the way of a fool? Then... You need to just ignore all advice. But if you want to avoid that way, then you need to be open to sound advice that others can give us, especially in relationship to spiritual matters about our going to heaven. That's where we ultimately want to reach, right? And that being the case then, we need not to assume that we know everything and we've got all the answers. But listen to sound, sound advice and to good counsel. So one of the ways to avoid is the way of the fool. The book of Proverbs also describes the way which seems right. I think you know this verse from Proverbs 14, verse 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. seems to me that this particular description is very applicable to the religious world of our day. In our time... I don't think it's necessarily different from other times, but in our time, very clearly, a lot of people just want to trust their feelings. It's how they feel about something. That's their standard. How do I feel about it? But you know, if you consider that just logically for a minute, that's a very dangerous thing because everybody's feelings are different, right? And so you you feel this way. It's, this seems right to you. But here's another person, and... What seems right to them is really completely different. And then you get a third and a fourth and a fifth opinion and everybody's feelings are different. How can everybody's feelings be right? There's a way that seems right, but that can't be the right standard simply because people feel different about the same thing. For instance, take a Bible subject like baptism. I feel that it's not necessary to be baptized, someone says. Well, then another person comes along and says, I feel that you should be baptized. Well, they both can't be right, obviously. I mean, they're taking exactly opposite positions on the same question. They both can't be right, but they're trusting their feelings. What do you do about baptism? Well, you don't trust your feelings. You trust the word of God. Acts 2.38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So with the answer to that is is given in God's. We don't have to trust our feelings. But a lot of people do trust their feelings as to what seems right. And this statement in the book of Proverbs clearly explains that feelings can be wrong. Just because it seems right to you, it may lead to death, spiritual death. Do not trust your feelings. We know too that... The wise writer of the book of Proverbs described the way of the wicked. If you watch the news or really in whatever way you get information, I, I think that you have to be shocked at the exponential increase in wickedness in our society. I mean, it's, it's evidenced uh, almost everywhere. There's wickedness and it's growing. Now, I want to point out that that's not a new thing necessarily. Men have always been very clever at devising new ways to do bad things. But it's certainly evident in in our world at this time that there's an increase of wickedness and evil. In Proverbs 4 verse 19, it says, The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Um, So here in this statement the writer of proverbs has portrayed the way of wickedness uh, and he and he says it's it's darkness and I think it's in so when you're when you're trying to go somewhere even if you're just walking and it's dark you don't see very clearly right you can't see where you're going and and that's what he says here the way of the wicked is like darkness they don't know what they're stumbling over so let's say you're, you're walking down through the woods and it's dark and you don't have a flashlight. You're going to be tripping and stumbling. You may not even know what you tripped over. That's the, he said that's the way it is for the wicked. In fact, in chapter 13, verse 15, he says the way of the transgressors, which I would say is describing the same thing. Right? The way of the transgressors is hard. And so the way of the wicked is like trying to walk in darkness. The way of the transgressors, It's hard. A lot of people think that the way of wickedness is the easy way. Uh, uh that, that it's more fun to live the way that wicked people do. They don't realize that actually living that way causes trouble. It causes all kinds of trouble. It causes so much trouble they don't even know the kind of trouble that they get themselves into. We need to understand the way of the wicked it's like walking in darkness and it's a hard way to go. And we need to avoid it. God's word says, avoid that way. But you know, our own experience would bear out that the way of the wicked is hard. The way, the, the way of the transgression is hard and the way of the wicked is darkness. Things that we have personally experienced or our knowledge of what's happened to other people when they lived that way and all the kind of difficulties that they brought into, our, into their lives... Certainly, the way of the wicked is a way to be avoided. This is an extension of the previous point, but the way of fleshly gratification should be avoided as well. Much of the appeal of wickedness is that it brings immediate pleasure. And so I'm thinking about going the way of the wicked And one of the reasons I would think about going the way of the wicked is because I get immediate pleasure from it. Gratification comes instantly when you pursue wickedness. Now, what do you think about that? Well, we have to say that there is truth in that, right? In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35, it says that there's a pleasure of sin for a season. It says, Moses refused to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Well, think about that. There is pleasure in sin. But it's just for a season. It's temporary. It doesn't last. We understand that. And so we have to be wise enough to realize whatever fleshly gratification may come from living a sinful life is not going to last. It's going to come to an end. To emphasize this point, The wise writer of the Proverbs uh, describes the way of an adulterous woman. This is the way of an adulterous woman. So he's going to talk about a specific kind of fleshly gratification. I want you to take this and we'll we'll broaden the application of it. But here here is the way of the adulterous woman. Obviously, someone interested in immediate fleshly gratification. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done no wrong. In chapter 5, verse 8, we're warned, keep your way far from her, that adulterous woman. Do not go near the door of her house. Chapter 7, verse 27, her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. Here is the, here's the end result of that. And so this is the way of instant, immediate gratification, fleshly gratification. You should keep your way far from that because ultimately, that sort of pursuit is the way that leads to hell. Do you see that progression there? And so again, this is we're, we're talking about red flag warnings on the spiritual route. And this is, this is describing a way to be avoided. Don't go the way of fleshly gratification. There's the way of the lazy. The book of Proverbs speaks of that. You know, we we use words like shortcuts, procrastination, neglect. We're kind of prone to that sort of thing in physical matters. Sometimes we are we cannot afford to be spiritually. Notice in Proverbs 15, verse 19, it says the way of the lazy is as a hedge of thorns but the path of the upright is a highway. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to be lazy. And I think the application of this is more important in the spiritual realm than in the physical one. It would have applications in both. But we're talking especially about spiritual things. So I'm just thinking about being lazy spiritually. I, there's some things I know that I ought to do that I'm not doing. Some changes I need to make that I'm just not willing to put forth the effort to change them. I'm just being lazy spiritually. The, the, in the Proverbs it says the way of the lazy is a hedge of thorns. So I'm lazy, and what it results in, I just—it's just like trying to fight my way through a briar patch. I—I uh, I mean, I'm, I'm getting hung up every which way I go. But the path of the upright is like a highway. Well, get the get the contrast there. If I'm lazy and failing to do the kinds of things I know I ought to be doing, putting off, procrastinating, postponing, neglecting the kind of things I should be doing, then I'm just like fighting my way through a hedge of thorns or a briar patch or something of that nature. Whereas I could be on a straight, smooth highway, no obstacles whatsoever, that's the contrast, that's the choice that we have to make. And so... The way of the lazy is like a hedge of thorns. Avoid that way. Well, if you think about these descriptions from the book of Proverbs, uh, they're all very bad, aren't they? The fool who won't take advice, the the fellow who follows his feelings, what seems right to him, the wicked person, especially the one who's seeking immediate fleshly gratification, the lazy person who will not do What he knows he ought to be doing. All of those ways are contrasted with, in the book of Proverbs, the way of righteousness. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26, the way of righteousness is life. And in the pathway thereof, there is no death. In chapter 10, verse 29, the way of the Lord. I think that's obviously describing the same thing. The way of righteousness, the way of the Lord. Strength to the upright, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. This is along the lines of some of the things that we discussed in our class here in the auditorium this morning. A lot of people have the wrong view of the Christian life, and, and their view of the Christian life is it's, it's pure drudgery. It will be awful. You won't, you won't be able to enjoy anything, it's, it's just terrible horrible burdensome life that you'll have to live but if you do if you suffer through and hang on you might get to go to heaven unfortunately that's the view a lot of people have and it's absolutely not true right and I think that these statements along with so many others in the scriptures bear that out The, the living the life that God wants us to live is the best way the better way not only for eternity, obviously we want to go to heaven when this life is over. But it is the best way for now also. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright. It is life. And so we ought to be seeking to live the way of the righteous. That's the right direction. Our question for study is, which way should we go? Obviously we want to go the way of the righteous The answer, I think, is pretty obvious when you consider the alternatives. Well, be aware, one last thing that we want to point out is in Proverbs 5, verse 21, it says, The ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he watches all his path. The eyes of the Lord are observing what way you are choosing. Know that. Be aware of that. And ultimately, in judgment... That will be a determining factor as to our eternal home. God is watching what we do. A lot of ways to go. When we're thinking about a physical trip, there are a lot of ways to go. Uh, and some of these, you know, some of these map apps on your phones will tell you go this way. You go this way, it'll take you ten minutes longer. Go this way, it'll take you three minutes less. Pretty amazing. They've got it boiled down that close. what's the best way to go well that's fine and important if you're making a trip but it it pales in comparison to the importance of being the in the right way spiritually which way will you go will you go the way of the righteous will you do the will of god in your life we hope that you will that of course means initially that you've got to obey that simple gospel plan of salvation Hear the truth, believe it, repent of your sins, confess your faith in Jesus, be baptized for the remission of sins. If you haven't done that, we hope you'll make that decision. We'd be glad to assist in your obedience or we'd be glad to study more with you. If you have questions, let us know. If you're a Christian already, but you realize that you've kind of gotten off the right way and maybe you've been going down a path that leads in a wrong direction, we urge you to come back to him in repentance, confession and prayer. If we can help in any way, let us know while we stand and sing this song.